0: how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Realistic Randy is one of the OG callers into Vikings' vet line. And now he's one of the biggest Vikings YouTube superstars on earth. His Vikings pain is now your game. This is Realistic Randy Rants with Randy and Declan on Purple Daily and Score North.
1: Realistic Randy Rance every Monday on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Realistic Randy, my guy on the right there, uh, hanging out on Purple Daily every Monday. Of course, you can subscribe to his channel as well for some daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment. Randy, we got a packed episode here. Uh, Mackie Judd and myself talked about the Lamar Jackson stuff at nauseum. I know you also did a little episode on your channel about that, so we will get into that uh, probably on this episode too but uh, free agency is still happening a little bit. And usually I always tee up Realistic Randy for his, you know, Realistic Randy rant to kick off every episode. I'm going to flip it a little bit here, Randy. I'm going to give mm-hmm. you a wild idea here. In fact, let me just hit you with the little sounder. It's a little reckless. Reckless speculation. So. I made it now. Z'Darrius Smith had his bonus kick in on Friday, right? So Zadaria Smith's $5 million bonus kicked in. To the point where now they're kind of on the hook to keep him around. They might have a trade in, in hand. But I think they're actually going to keep him around. Because if you cut him now, you're now only saving the $7 million. If you would have cut him pre the bonus, you would have actually been able to save like $12 million. And to be honest, I would have kind of been on board with that. But now, he's on the roster. And there certainly could be a trade in the works. Hell, I could be burned by the time this episode posts and Kwesi pulls the trigger on a trade. But here's where I'm thinking now, Realistic Randy. And bear with me. I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to keep Zedarius Smith for the 2023 season. I know he's 31 years old, but he was still pretty damn good in the first half of the year. And how this trickles in is they can just keep Zedarius Smith, say goodbye next season. His cap number is like $21 million in 2024. So there's no reason to keep a 34 or a 32-year-old pass rusher under that number. And if they shopped him, it's clear they probably were getting low-balled, right? They were probably only going to get like, maybe a fifth and probably more realistically a sixth or a seventh round pick to the point they probably said, well, if we're going only going to get that for a player that was really damn good in the first half of the year and has been a very good pass rusher in his career, why would we even let go of him? Let's ride it out. If he's healthy again, for like he was in the first half, he's gonna be pretty damn good. So here's what I'm thinking realistic, Randy. I think they're keeping Zadarius Smith. They got Davenport now locked up to his contract, so that's now all good and gravy. That physical, I thought, was going to be wonky, and oh my God, I thought we are going to have a hilarious situation on our hands. It's not. He's locked up. He's healthy. And instead, I think the Vikings flip around and trade Daniil Hunter this offseason. Okay. Here's my my thought process, too, because if you can't get Zadarius Smith the offer you want, you can get something for Daniil Hunter, and he's underpaid significantly underpaid. In fact, his cap number went down a little bit. He's got a prorated bonus that's going to kick in. He has no guaranteed salary. Essentially, you're entering like the contract renegotiation, reworking for, what, the third straight offseason with this defensive end. I think a team would come calling and give you a decent amount of picks. I don't, I don't think it's multiple first-round picks, but I do think you can get some multiple day one, day, or a day, multiple day two, and maybe conditionally day one first-round draft pick. That's my wild harebrained idea. I think they keep Zadaria Smith and they actually flip Daniil Hunter for draft capital. Your thoughts, sir? There it is.
0: Well, let's go back to Zadaria Smith. They may want to keep him on the roster, but there's still a chance that they may be holding out hope to trade him. You mentioned Mm -hmm. this earlier. That extra $5 million in salary became guaranteed last Friday. So releasing him at this point, you're just eating more dead cap. Yeah. However, I just saw this from over the cap, a pre-June 1st trade, Declan Goff, that $5 million shifts over to the new team. That is true. So at that point, the dead cap goes back down to the original $3.3 3 million. maybe may be trying to build up draft capital, only having five picks to work with to at least give them options. Because if you, if you go into draft weekend with just five picks, you have to trade down from 23 no matter what. Yeah. However, yeah. if you can trade Z and build up draft capital, it at least gives you options. Or, to your point, they may want to keep Zedary Smith on the roster. However, now I'll get to Daniil Hunter in just a second. <laughs> but let's say they're going to keep Zedary Smith and also Daniil Hunter. With Marcus Davenport having a $6 million cap hit, I don't think it would make any sense to – have him as a rotational guy after Z and Hunter. Although I will say, the idea of Davenport playing on the defensive line with Z and Hunter as your outside linebackers, it sounds nice. Here's the problem, however, when playing a three four base de- defense, which Brian Flores confirmed in his intro press conference, you need some dogs up front on the defensive line. You're basically taking double teams. Every play. And I went through each and every roster in the league. All the teams that run a three, four base defense, their defensive ends range anywhere from, on average, 285 to 300 plus pounds. Dex, Marcus Davenport is 265. Mm. So he's 20 pounds off. That's going to be rough. So I don't, I'm hoping that the reason Z is still here is because come hell or high water, they're trying to work out a trade. As for Daniil Hunter, I can understand why they would want to trade him. He's 28 right now. He'll be 29 when the season starts. You only have but so much time before, my goodness, you're going to lose value from this guy. He's still technically young. But I tell you what, if they trade Daniil Hunter and keep Z'Darri Smith on this roster, that's going to be something where, how do you explain that? You, You can't. You have to trade. Both of those guys. And if you have Davenport, which you do, then okay, have the other outside linebacker be goodness, DJ Wanum or Patrick Jones as second. That's what I'm saying. If you're gonna trade Daniel Hunter, you better damn sure also trade Zadari Smith.
1: All right. So I get that. And I think also the idea of maybe drafting another defensive end right in the first round could be in play there. You could find sure. your next Daniel Hunter, your next elite pass rusher, maybe at pick 23. Or hell, if you trade down, right, maybe it's in the later of the first round or maybe it's one of those second round picks you could potentially accumulate if you trade it down. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how all this puzzle works. And I, I do know, yes, that bonus is attached to that new team. So that savings, if you trade them, um, it, still, it still is able to, to basically come off your books and the savings still happens for the Vikings side. I guess if you're just going to trade one of these guys, it's obvious that Daniel Hunter's going to get you the most because he's younger and he's just sure. a better player at this point. And I think it just makes sense if if you're trying to get away from you know locking into guys who are over 28, 29 years old, like Qua- all these free agents that Quasi has brought in, either you know, on one or two year deals, and they're all under the age of you know 26, 27, 28 years old. So if if Daniel Hunter is at that borderline, like you said, he, he's young but he's not super young, right? He's now entering. His age 29 season, where does he fit into the long-term version of the Vikings? Because, yes, he's an elite pass rusher. They're hard to find. These guys get paid. I just am trying to figure out if the Vikings aren't willing to pay guys of that age and of that stature, wouldn't it make sense just to kind of part ways and try to get as much draft capital as you can right now?
0: It would make sense. However, I feel like the Vikings feel that they're somewhat semi-competitive. Because if that's the case, if we're saying, well, you know, let's get some draft picks no matter what from everybody and let's get young, then they wouldn't have kept Harrison Smith. They worked really hard to get a pay cut for him. So he's staying on the team. So in that case, it tells me, yes, they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Adam Thielen, Eric Kendricks, but still those premium guys, let's hold on to them. So I think because Hitman is still here, you look at outside linebacker and say, well, you know what? If we're going to get rid of anybody, it's going to be Zayary Smith over Daniil Hunter. It's just, be, just, I just wonder how they feel the outlook for the Vikings are in 2023. Brian Flores, he's calling all the shots. I don't think that the thing is with tanking; it's not up to the players or yeah. even the coaching staff. It's really the front office, the roster that they put out there on the field. With Hitman still there, you know that Brian Flores wants him. I just feel like with him staying, it tells me that they feel like they can at least make some noise, even if they don't necessarily think that they're a championship contender. So if any one of those guys outside linebackers are going to be gone, to me it's going to be Zadary Smith.
1: And look, to your point uh, that you made initially, there's maybe a room for all three of these guys to be on the Vikings in 2023, right? Maybe, maybe, but
0: again, it's to have Davenport as a rotational guy with what you're paying him, it just doesn't. I don't think it's going to work or it doesn't make sense. And to have him on the defensive line, I think he's just going to get pushed around.
1: And also the Vikings did sign uh, Dean Lowry, a former Packer over the weekend. Uh, t- same kind of thing, right? A depth defensive lineman who can rotate in, probably not an every down player, but you know, uh, kind of diet Dalvin Tomlinson insurance since you lost him in free agency. Um, hell, and it's not a sexy position to draft, but that's also a, an area they could take around in the first round. I know defensive line is not, especially like interior defensive line, it's not the sex of positions, but they are thin there. You know, we just mentioned, is it DJ Wanam at the other end? Uh, who would that, could they else plug in? I know Harrison Phillips is fine as a nose tackle, but could he upgrade there as well? There, There's a b- bunch of holes potentially on that defensive side that they got to answer probably um, in the draft. Your, your thoughts too, Rand- Randy, on Harrison Smith coming back. So obviously that news came down on Friday. He took a substantial pay cut, writing on the wall, probably his, uh, you know, hashtag last dance with the Vikings in t- 2023. A Ring of Honor first bout guy with the Vikings. Legit one of the better uh, Vikings of our lifetimes. It's clear that uh, Brian Flores wanted to keep him around. And good for Hitman, I think, to also stick around here. You probably could have gotten paid, right? You probably could have went to a contender and helped. He's a safety, and every contending team could use a guy like Harrison Smith. But I think for the Vikings' defensive sake, probably a good thing that Harrison Smith sticks around in 2023.
0: Well, it's mutual. I think it says a lot that... Harrison Smith was willing to take a pay cut and still come back. It says a lot about the culture of the Vikings and it's mutual in the sense that Brian Flores wants him back. So my thoughts are, and I've been this way from the beginning. If Brian Flores wants you, who am I to sit here and bitch and moan? I think we're going to be seeing something similar to the first year of Mike Zimmer in 2014, whereas he comes in, And he whips this defense. And I think, listen, for everything I've said about Mike Zimmer, I think he is exceptional at being a first-year head coach or defensive coordinator. I just think it wears off after a while. But the first year, whip dudes into shape. This is what it's going to be. And all of a sudden, guys are going to tighten up. And you're going to have, goodness, they went from a sieve of a defense to, I want to say, middle of the pack in 2014. They were somewhere in the range of 14 to 16. I think we're going to see something similar like that from Brian Flores or worst case in the top 20, at least, but he wants Harrison Smith back. He sees something in him that he, and we need to see that free roaming Harrison Smith back with Ed Donatel. He was just in the back playing center field all the time. Whereas with Zim, he would go to the second level as an extra linebacker or go to the line of scrimmage. I feel like he rarely blitzed in 2022, I think Brian Flores sees something in him. Otherwise, he wouldn't come back. So, hell yeah. Bring him back. I love Hitman.
1: Yeah, I think uh, there was a stat too, Mackie had it, that Brian Flores' last year with the Dolphins like sent the safety on a blitz like 200, and I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. could be exaggerating, but like 200 snaps. Uh, they, they did a safety blitz. And last year, Ed Donatel did it like 40 times. So, even if Harrison Smith isn't like being dropped back in coverage a lot and playing a traditional spot, I mean, Hitman's been able to get out. I mean, his name is Hitman, for God's sakes. He's able to get after the quarterback, right? So you could use him as this like crazy decoy. And even, I think what's always been telling about him is, I know Aaron Rodgers is crazy, but when Aaron Rodgers is talking about one of the most complicated guys he has to defend against, he has always said Harrison Smith. I don't know if that dude's coming at me. I don't know if that guy's going to drop back in coverage. He's always moving all over the damn place pre-snap. So he can still be a savvy veteran. He might obviously have lost a step because he's naturally older now. He's been in the league for 12, 13 years. But I, I think him sticking around in Brian Flores' defense yeah, is a good thing. The Jordan Hicks one's the probably like the one that I don't I don't I'm a little perplexed by, but to your point, if Flores says, no, 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 there is something still here, I could use him, stick him around. To your point, I'd probably just tip the cap to Brian Flores that he knows a lot more about defense than you and I do.
0: He's the greatest Viking safety that I've ever seen. And yeah. I understand Paul Krauss is there as well, but me, my goodness, I'll be 35 this year. I'm just uneducated on yeah. guys before <laughs> two thousand when I started following this team. Bringing him back, I think it can only mean good things for this team, and it takes another need off the board as far as starters are concerned for this Vikings defense.
1: Yeah, I I think it's he's been one of the better safeties of my lifetime. I mean, look, we saw Corey Chavis, Brian Russell; they had like good pop up seasons. You know, they were they were fine. Um, But I think in terms of longevity, and it's it's the position too that is just it's not again, it's not we just talked about not being a sexy position. It's not a sexy position. But, I mean, Harry has always been able to show up in big-time moments, interceptions, plays, uh, hits. He's he's had a hell of a career. Yeah, he is a first-ballot uh, Vikings Ring of Honor guy. I mean, he could you could make a case if he gets a ring, he might sneak into the Hall of Fame one day. I don't, I don't think it's guarantees in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but he has certainly put up a resume that's pretty second to none with a lot of safeties uh, in, in the NFL. Any, any last thoughts on the defensive side, Randy, before we maybe flip the ball to the offensive side?
0: I'm just really concerned with the defensive line. With losing Dalvin Tomlinson, you now have, and I for damn sure hope that Dean Lowry isn't going to be a starter. He's okay as yeah. a depth piece, but my goodness, after Harrison Phillips, there's nothing there. So, and I said this last week, Calais Campbell, I'm telling you right now, that would make me feel so good because the man can play despite his age, his stature, six foot eight a good man, a good leader, but I think now it comes down to your first-round pick, 23, whether you use that pick at 23 or trade down, either between defensive line or wide receiver. I think it's going to be tough, but if you can get a guy like Kalijah Kansi out of pit, that's going to make all the difference in the world, but that defensive line, you got to get it together. It's still a big issue, even right now.
1: On the offensive side, uh, realistic Granny, Alexander Madison got brought back. I don't think you and I, we recorded on Wednesday, and I think that dropped Wednesday evening. So Alexander Madison back with the Vikings, two-year deal. Um, look, you could, I, I think actually that that's fine to pay Alexander Madison that contract, whether he got it from the Vikings or anyone else, but it still makes the Dalvin Cook decision a little bit more confusing. Now the Vikings are paying essentially, what, uh, like a near $20 million essentially to their running backs, and Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook, it kind of makes it, it, the writing on the wall. Is are they going to trade Dalvin Cook? Are they just going to run the ball a lot more with a two-headed monster? I guess. What is your kind of sense of how the Vikings are going to treat Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison going forward?
0: Well, Madison's not getting paid that much worth raising hell about, so yeah. I'm okay with it. I, as earlier when I talked about Zayary Smith, I hope that they're working on a trade. I think a trade of Dalvin Cook is imminent. He has a $14 million cap hit. I think they're just trying to f- find a trade partner. And I think the Vikings are moving towards a true running back by committee. You've got Madison. You've got Ty Chandler, who you drafted last year. And you have your return specialist, Kne and Wangu. I don't think it would make any sense to have all four of those guys yeah. collectively with that salary combined going into next year. Kwesi is an analytics guy, even if you're, I'm not an analytics guy, but I think common sense tells you that having a guy like Dalvin Cook at this point in his career, despite the fact that he was sixth in rushing, it makes no sense to pay that sort of money to a position that you can find anywhere. Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh round pick for the Chiefs, and they just won the whole damn Super Bowl. He went off against that game or against the Eagles in that game. I just, I think it's imminent. And I believe with Miami Dolphins being out, because they re-signed Raheem Mostert mm-hmm. and Jeff Wilson Jr., who they had they both they had both of them last year. With Miami being out, I think the Buffalo Bills are a team to look out for. Go yeah. ahead and pair him with James Cook, Naheem Hines, and they'll be fine. I don't think there's any chance in hell that Dalvin Cook comes back next year with the Vikings.
1: And also, I mean, we talked about Zadarius Smith having like, all right, they're just, are they just going to accept like a six round pick? And I feel like that's kind of how we're at with Dalvin. And to be honest, I would probably sure. just say, yeah, I'm like, I, I'm much more OK with that uh, to move on from him, move on from the contract. Now, a lot of people say the argument is, well, wait one more year, right? Because then the next year, the cap savings are a lot better. But why don't you just rip the bandaid off? You done it with Thielen already, who now yeah. went and signed with the Carolina Panthers. Um, you may as well just rip that bandaid off. And if Alex I know the Vikings are probably gonna to want to run the ball, have a little bit more balance there. Like I think they were 28th in rushing attempts last year. They passed the ball a ton. Uh, so I think that number probably comes up. And Alexander Madison, when has when he has it to fill in for Dalvin Cook, has always performed well. Uh, but he's he's just not an explosive back. Like he's he's fine, he's serviceable. Could you give him the rock 15 times a game for sure? Is he gonna be elusive and you know hard to bring down? No, but he's gonna he's gonna get you four or five yards or so on on his best carry. I'm just trying to figure out how they want to have their running backs work because to your point, I thought they were just probably going to move on from Cook or move on from Madison and just draft another running back, which is what you know all these other teams are doing here. They're not paying running backs. Pacheco, to your point, of the Chiefs' just steps in and all of a sudden is like their playoff stud for them. I, I just I hope the Vikings come to a resolution on that one because I don't think it makes sense to have both of them on the roster next season.
0: Well, I think Dalvin Cook's gone regardless, but also I wouldn't, Alexander Madison is a good two down back, maybe kane and Wangu I would say is a good third down back Madison at the goal line, sure, but I wouldn't lock it with Madison being the r b one going into next year. I think we could see a training cap training camp battle for the r b one job between Madison and ty Chandler, so he's serviceable, but in this era of football, that's really all you need at the running back position. you don't. Look how far off that Jonathan Taylor failed. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, this guy was an MVP candidate in 2021. And then last year he was dealing with injuries. But even when he was out there on the field, my goodness, he just wasn't the same guy. So, yes, Dalvin Cook, even at this stage in his career, he's better than Madison. But it's not saying much. The footwork is not the same. I just think running back by committee. That's the new thing to do, and the Vikings are finally catching up.
1: And there's probably the thought process that if he has that shoulder injury, so he's injured right now, he had that surgery. Um, if he gets ready for OTA, his training camp rolls around. Probably what happens, which we've seen this before from the Vikings, we've seen other desperate teams do this. Say in training camp, a team loses RB1 on a fluke play in training camp or in a preseason game, right? And Then all of a sudden a team becomes desperate and they say, hey, what is that availability for Dalvin Cook? Now we're actually, we'll, we'll overpay. We'll give you a fourth or a fifth round pick for a guy like that too. So it could be a situation that maybe develops in the summer. And then in a stunner, you know, he's kind of trade. Uh, traded uh, mid-summer when training camps roll around and injuries happen. I think that's another possibility for Dalvin Cook being moved on uh, as well. Uh, so, Randy, I saw you dropped your video on Lamar Jackson. So the uh, mm-hmm. the Vikings were listed as a wild-card team to get the former NFL MVP. Mackie Judd and myself did an episode on this that dropped on this YouTube channel you can check out, too. Uh, here's where I'm at with it. I'll, I'll give you my sense, and I'll, I'll, I'll like to hear yours as well. So it's obvious without a doubt that Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. I don't think anyone's denying that. Personally, I don't think anyone's denying that. If, like, remove the cap hit, remove remove that thought process, just in terms of dynamic quarterback play, Lamar Jackson is better than Kirk Cousins. Sure. The okay. issue is, is Lamar Jackson wants to be paid, and probably wants, like, guaranteed money like Deshaun Watson, hell, like Kirk Cousins got on his first contract. And do you want to keep going down this path of putting a lot of money into your quarterback, also surrendering two first-round picks, which is what it's going to cost to get Lamar Jackson, and then paying that man—that becomes complicated. But I think the thing that I think has, has irked me so far about the whole thing is, well, Lamar Jackson is not accurate. Well, Lamar Jackson is a damn, M- won the MVP award, and is one of the mm-hmm. most dynamic QBs on the field when healthy. I know he's missed, I think, seventeen games over the last two seasons. Again, big asterisks there. Uh, but I probably don't do this. That's my long-winded way of saying I probably don't pull the trigger on a Lamar Jackson. But I'm not surprised that Quaysee and Kevin O'Connell. If it's presented to themselves and, you know, the Ravens GM calls them up and says, hey, do you want to work something out? I I don't absolutely hang up the phone and say, nope, I'm all good. Hang it up. I think it's worth discussing, uh, but it is complicated to figure out. And I think Lamar Jackson on this team would be a hell of a lot of fun.
0: It would be fun. Well, let me backtrack a little bit. So the quote by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN what I take from that was he was just spitballing teams. Just like Mm -hmm. I mentioned, well, the Buffalo Bills, Dalvin Cook, that's just an idea. I don't have anything to substantiate. Oh, the Buffalo Bills, they are definitely interested in Dalvin Cook. It just seemed like he was throwing teams out there and saying, okay, look out for the Vikings. They could be looking to move on from Kirk Cousins, who's in the last year of his deal. Lamar Jackson is a dynamic quarterback. You're right. It would be exciting. We would see a hell of a lot of, whoa oh my gosh plays but if we if we didn't have Justin Jefferson on this team i would say sure why not go ahead and go for it he's younger and maybe you can flip the script on the playoffs on his playoff performance which i'll talk about in just a second cuz it's not great but all right justin jefferson he's not here cool however the thing with jefferson he talks about it all the time i want to win all the records that he breaks or every time he's about to break a record I think you can say goodbye to that with Lamar Jackson as his quarterback because accuracy is a big deal when it comes to getting the ball to Justin Jefferson all the I want Kirk Cousins gone I cannot be (laughs) more clear about that however if we're being fair the amount of tight window throws that he's Passing to this guy, 18, that he's able to make. Can Lamar Jackson make those throws on a consistent basis? No. The only way he can make those type of throws, I would say, if he's extending plays or if Jefferson is wide open, which, by the way, defenses, they're not going to allow that to happen because, for the most part, they're going to bracket 18. So accuracy is a huge deal. Furthermore, going into the playoffs, Kirk Cousins, he can't get it done one playoff win. Lamar Jackson, one playoff win. He's younger. I get it. He's missed also 10 games the last two seasons. And for a guy that's a run first quarterback, I don't know how you can trust that. Also for Kevin O'Connell, does he really want to spend the time to really coach up this guy to where, okay, sit back in the pocket. Okay. Go ahead, sit back there and start picking defenses apart. I don't know if you're going to get that from him at this point in his career. So with a guy like Lamar Jackson, again, if Justin Jefferson wasn't here, I'd be down with it. You couldn't make the correlation. They just signed Josh Oliver from Baltimore. (laughs) They're trying to set up the Baltimore offense. But if he couldn't get it done in Baltimore, because at one point it was, oh, my God, Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes, who's the better quarterback. There's no question about that right now. Patrick Mahomes at this point has really ascended himself further up where Lamar Jackson is still trying to figure things out. If he couldn't get things done in Baltimore with John Harbaugh, who's a damn good head coach, John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. And we can say, well, you know what, Lamar, he's never had that receiver like a Justin Jefferson would be. But when they won the Super Bowl with, goodness, Joe Flacco at quarterback, They didn't have a 1,000-yard receiver. They had Anquan Bolden at the end of his career, Jacoby Jones, and they still got it done against a tough-ass San Francisco 49ers defense. If you can't – my goodness, we're talking about – can you get far into the playoffs? One playoff win? Nah, fam. I just just feel like I've seen enough from him. I understand it would be exciting, but I think this would be a situation to where Justin Jefferson – he would still not see the winning that he wants to do and his production would dip.
1: Amen. Look at that realistic. Randy Rant's bringing you, uh, bringing you the truth there and how he feels about Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to pay the quarterback. It's hard to have these conversations about overpaying for quarterbacks and then kind of, uh, throwing that out the window to say, well, but I'll oh, no, yeah, pay, pay Lamar Jackson, pay him, Pam, him, Cause so then we're, we're just, we're, we're slapping the same argument on a different quarterback. Again, I think Lamar Jackson is a step up from Kirk cousins. And I think that's obvious, but if the cost is multiple first round picks and, you know, 15 percent or more of your salary cap tied up to one player. Well, then we're back at the same position, same, you know, putting the square peg in a round hole uh, the way, like we were doing with Kirk Cousins. So it's an interesting and, and soccer.
0: It's awesome. And one more thing. We can't assume that all we have to do is spend the first round picks and 50 plus million dollars. We have to hope that Baltimore does not match it. Otherwise, too. you're sitting there. If you're quasi Adolfo Mensa, you're sitting there with egg on your face after that. Yep. Plus, you have to get Kirk to agree to a trade to somewhere. He has to waive his no trade clause. There's just so much work that you have to do in order to make that happen for a guy who, dynamic-wise, he's going to be on Sports Center every Sunday, and that's well and fantastic. But in terms of postseason success, I don't see any difference between Kirk Cousins and Lamar Jackson. You have to hope that Baltimore says, no, I'm good. But if they say, no, we'll match it, then what? What do you do? Nick Mullins is your starting quarterback. Sam Darnold is gone. Baker Mayfield is gone. I'd be happy in a sense that, okay, we'd be tanking, not the players, but I mean, my goodness, the quarterback position would be so terrible. We'd be tanking for Caleb Williams in 2024, but it, it just it's too much work, I feel.
1: Uh, Randy, I do have a mock draft for you, but before we get into that, uh, just kind of your overall takes and view of, of the first week of free agency here. So tampering opened, obviously, last Monday. Free agency window is now officially here. Uh, some big names are off the board. The Vikes have made some initial steam on some free agents. They've added a couple guys. Just kind of your 30,000-foot view of the first week of free agency so far.
0: TBD. I need to see more before I react. I will say, if you look at a team like the Detroit Lions that They're in our division. Mm -hmm. The main thing that they needed to work on offense-wise, they're set. They just need to give themselves a boost on defense. So what have they done so far? They just signed C.J. Gardner-Johnson last night, Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley. Okay, they're making an effort to really boost up that defense. For the Vikings, interior offensive line and defense. Alvin Tomlinson is gone, so the jury is still out. Can you sign a guy like Calais Campbell as a stopgap for one year? Byron Murphy, they signed, and that's great. Hitman, they gave him a pay cut, or he accepted a pay cut, and that's wonderful. But still, I'm waiting for that extra oomph on this defense, because at inside linebacker, I'm assuming that Jordan Hicks is going to be the starter opposite of Brian Asamoah. Josh Oliver, to me, seems like a luxury more than a necessity. Dean Lowry, a depth piece. Marcus Davenport, we're hoping that he has a bounce back year, similar to what he had in 2021. Interior offensive line, they brought back, my goodness, Garrett Bradbury. I'm assuming that they're trusting Ed Ingram to maybe improve in his second year. But again, interior offensive line, defense, those are the big issues for the Vikings this offseason it seems like the interior offensive line is going to be the same and I need to see more on the defensive side of the ball. Who else are you going to add?
1: Yeah. A lot of questions to figure out here. And yeah, we're just one week into free agency. So we'll see what other dominoes happen. We're about a little more than what, two months from the NFL draft. So that is our lesson, excuse me, less than that from the NFL draft about six weeks away. So that's coming up. Plenty of the great things to talk about uh, with realistic Randy and on this YouTube channel on purple daily, hit that subscribe button. All right, Randy, let me hit you uh with the mock draft I want a mock! mock there it is all right I bring you this mock draft realistic Randy from the draft network uh this man okay does not have a name it is just thedraftnetwork.com. uh so really I would love I would love to give proper credit to the ghost writer <laughs> or the author of this but uh the draft network it is in the name all they do is uh is draft simulation so we'll start here in this mock draft number one uh the Carolina Panthers take CJ Stroud. Adam Thielen, who just went to the Panthers, gets his uh rookie quarterback there.
0: He's Adam Thielen is what the wide receiver won in Carolina, as it looks like right now. That's gonna be it's gonna be pretty tough, whoever that quarterback is gonna be. I agree. Good, good luck to Adam Thielen there.
1: Uh yep. Bryce Young to the Texans at two. Will Anderson Jr. to the Cardinals at pick three. Anthony Richardson, pick four to the Colts. Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher to the Seahawks at 5. Let's see here. First cornerback off the board, Christian Gonzalez, to your point. The Lions get their their rookie cornerback there. Try to sew up that defense at pick 6. Going down a little bit, the Bears at pick 9 take Broderick Jones, an offensive tackle and a lineman for Justin Fields. Uh, Devin Witherspoon, one of the top cornerbacks in this draft. He goes to the Eagles at pick 10. First wide receiver off the board to the Texans at pick 12, Jordan Addison. So Jordan Addison goes sense. pick 12 to Houston. Uh, the Packers get a wide receiver. They take Jackson Smith and the Jigba at pick 15 for Jordan, Love, for Jordan Love there.
0: He fits Packers football. He really, <laughs> really does. I know he dealt with an injury last year. He missed a ton of games. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's tough. He's physical. He fits everything about what you want from a receiver at Lambeau Field, especially in the wintertime.
1: Uh, Spoiler alert, Deontay Banks will not be going to the Vikings because he goes to the commanders at pick 16. We've had him like three mocks in a row, so no Deontay Banks on this one. Interesting guy here, and I keep seeing this. I I, saw, I combed through a couple different mock drafts, Randy, and I see this guy's name now falling a little bit. At pick 18, the Lions take quarterback Will Levis. Will Levis falling all the way to pick 18, but the, but the Lions load up on their future QB who probably sits behind Jared Goff for a year.
0: If you feel like he's the guy, go ahead and do that. I will say, if he does fall that far, that gives the Vikings the green light to possibly trade up. Well, if he's going to fall that far, and we think he's our guy, let's go ahead and get him. I can see that.
1: Uh, Bijan Robinson, the running back, goes to pick 19 to the Tampa Bay Bucks, who just cut Leonard Fournette. Uh, Dalton Kincaid goes to Justin Herbert and the Chargers at pick 22. Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher to Iowa, goes to the Ravens. Uh, at pick 22, excuse me. And then the Vikings are on the clock at pick 23. And they take realistic. Randy, I'm going to hit you with. Here's my, where's my draft time? Where's my NFL draft time. God dang it. There it's it is. It's going to be a corner, isn't it? Wide receiver Zay Flowers out of Boston College at pick Ooh, 23. Okay, now we're talking. <laughs> so the write-up Let's says. load up and have a party. Adam Thielen's run with the Vikings has ended, and the team must look to add another receiver to go opposite Justin Jefferson. The speedy playmaker out of BC could be a great fit as a deep threat option, and he is also excellent with the ball in his hands after the catch. A lot of good yak there for Zay Flowers. So Zay Flowers, Realistic Randy, going to the Vikings at pick 23. How ecstatic would Realistic Randy be if Zay Flowers is taken by the Vikes? gosh.
0: His footwork is insane. He's exactly what you want as a wide receiver too. He can break defenders off whenever he wants to. You as a corner have mercy on whatever Zay Flowers wants to do. I'd be all in on that. What? And that's the one thing I have talked about before. If they want to go either wide receiver or defensive line at 23 and not trade down, I'm good with it. I can understand it. Although, if it were me personally, I would trade down. But Zay Flowers... Sign me up. I'm
1: what? Let's look at the players afterwards, too, just to see. So, the Jags take uh, Michael Mayer, the tight end, out of Notre Dame with the next pick. Quentin Johnson, another wide receiver, goes to the Giants at pick 26. Uh, here is an edge rusher, Nolan Smith, out of Georgia to the Cowboys at pick 27. Uh, the Golden Gopher, John Michael Schmitz, the center, goes to the Buffalo Bills. So, Josh Allen gets a brand new starting center there at pick 28. Uh, Brian Branch out of Alabama goes to the Bengals. And Elijah uh, Cansey to the Eagles at pick 31. So I would say, what, if, if there's a team, if Cansey's available and there's a team that wants to move up and maybe you can slide down a couple slots, get Cansey at like pick 26, 27, accumulate maybe another day two pick that helps you move into the second round, I also wouldn't hate that either.
0: No, not at all. Kalijah Canty, whether it's a wide receiver, and specifically if it's a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba or Zay Flowers, I don't think Jordan Addison is going to fall that far. But if you can get one of those guys, Jalen Hyatt at 23, okay. But if you can trade back and get a guy like Kalijah Canty on the defensive line, I think he is a game wrecker and still get a day two pick, preferably a second round pick. Because the thing is, I've talked about Hendon Hooker, you can maybe get him in the third round. Who knows if he falls even that far? Maybe you have to take him in the second round. That's the guy that I'm really rooting for. But if you can get Kalijah Kansi and then Hendon Hooker and then a wide receiver, goodness, maybe Hutchinson out of uh, Xavier Hutchison out of Iowa
1: State in the third round, Quasi would kill that draft. I love it. Uh, Real quick, any any final thoughts here before we wrap up on this episode? Just want to see
0: more activity. In free agency, Good go action. ahead and address spots that need further addressing before the draft comes up. But so far, I, I'd give it a, if I had to give a grade yeah. for the Vikings free agency so far, I'd say C plus B minus. Yeah. Just got to see more.
1: I, th- I think B minus is probably fair. Uh, it's it's above average work. It's certainly not an A. Like, I, I don't think there's anything that's done that says, oh my God, it's been an A. I, I've seen mixed grades, I've seen some aggregators like CBS Sports game a D plus. And then I saw PFF game him an A minus. So, And I'm probably in between there. I'm probably like, in your point, I'm probably like a B minus at this point with the first wave of things that they've done.
0: Yeah, both are wild on opposite ends of the spectrum. It's definitely somewhere in the middle.
1: Uh, we'll be back next Monday. Maybe we'll break down some more signings, some more news. Hit that subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. Go subscribe to Realistic Randy's YouTube channel as well. You can find both podcasts wherever you get them on your podcast feeds. Where we just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. We'll be back next Monday.
0: Bye.